0: What's going on, everyone. I'm your host. I'm getting spooky with Sean. Welcome to the graveyard. Sorry, the boneyard. <laughs> Same thing. We're all going to end up there one day. Today, we got a really special guest. We got an awesome guest. I'm super excited uh, to have her. She's a psychic medium, a death worker. We got Dominique. How are you doing, Dominique?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: Oh, I'm, I'm doing great. Super busy morning, as I said, uh, but everything happens for a reason, and and you and I were talking about that before I hit record. I think everything happens for a reason. There's some things that kind of like happen in order to get you here, but I'm really excited to have you here, and I'm really excited to hear your story.
1: I am. I'm so excited. I, yeah, I absolutely agree with everything happens for a reason. I don't believe in accidents, and we have to figure out why they're happening. They're not always pleasant, you know. but we still got to figure it out. That's our job.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I believe things in our life line up. And I always, everybody, everybody always asks me, you know, if you had to go back and, and and change one thing in your life, what would it be? And I said, nothing, absolutely nothing, because I'd have to end up at this point somehow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A thousand percent agree. My partner and I discuss that a lot. And we have this whole, you know, like, well, what if we didn't do this? And I'm like, then I wouldn't be where I am at right this very second. I'm not trying to mess with timelines. And no, I'm good. Thanks.
0: No, we see Perfect. what happened. We see what happened with timelines and Loki. We don't need right? to do that.
1: Right. We're not jumping realities, my friend. Absolutely not. No, we're not. Doing no, that. We're,
0: not, we're <laughs> not touching timelines here. <laughs> no. Uh, but anyways, uh, Dominique, would you like to give a formal introduction of yourself?
1: Uh, my name is Dominique. I'm a medium and psychic and a death worker. We connect those that have crossed over with those that are still living. Um, we've we have one-on-one clients. We do group sessions. We've worked with detectives to find missing people. We, we do all sorts of stuff. We're really big into advocating, talking about death and grief and having these really taboo discussions because for some reason in our country, people are freaked out about death and the paranormal, and we just got to talk about it. The more we talk about it, the less weird it'll be. So that's what we do.
0: Absolutely. I, I think that death is is a natural part of the pecking order of things right absolutely and i i do agree you know humans in america we we tend to freak out over over the thought of death and everything like that but if you look at other cultures they look at death as just another form of life right absolutely in in order to die you have to cross over or you know depending on what you believe in if you believe in reincarnation you get reincarnated into something else and And I think that it's very important to bring the conversation, bring the topic of death up and talk about it because uh, we have a very hard or very bad way of coping with death
1: we really do we really really do um i became a certified death doula a few years ago and i always try to explain people like being born and dying are the two things that we naturally know how to do so like don't it's part of life like you're everybody's going to die we're not going to get out of it so we have to have these uncomfortable conversations like we just have to the more you talk about it the less uncomfortable it gets
0: absolutely i you know and speaking about death like i've even last night i had i was i was laying in bed and i was just thinking and the next thing I know, I got on the top, like the thought of I'm going to die someday. And like I started getting a little bit of a of, of <laughs> an anxiety attack and I had to reel myself back in and say, but that day is not today. So it's let,
1: not today. We live woke that up on day. the right side of the dirt today. We're good. We're yep. good.
0: <laughs> yep, we're not six feet under. Uh, but before we get into Dominique's story and, and talk more, Dominique, uh, during the month of October, we have been doing these. More macabre episodes of sitting with Sean or getting spooky with Sean, and we're talking to either people that have experienced paranormal activity in their home or their the space in which they 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 walk around in, or we have talked to people who work in the paranormal field, investigators. Dominique herself, she's a psychic medium. We have a demonologist coming up next week, and then the following week we got we have an exorcist, and it's all leading up to this. One common theme of getting that conversation about the paranormal, about death, about demonic forces out there, and talking about it regularly, so that we 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 can look for the signs, we can see the signs, and know how to work around those and work with people that do this for a living. So, right,
1: I love yeah. That.
0: So, before we get into the topic of all of that, all all of the madness and all the all the cool stuff that we want to talk about, Dominique, how's your morning going?
1: Going good. Like I said, we woke up on the right side of the dirt today. We have another day to do all the things, whatever, whatever comes our way. That's what we're doing.
0: today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What's the weather like?
1: It is gorgeous here. We're in Eastern North Carolina and it's been like in the nineties and like low hundreds for months. And today I woke up and it was like 65 degrees. I'm like, is it fake fall? Are we getting a little cool weather today? Like it's nice. So we'll see.
0: Nice. I, I used to live in North Carolina. I lived there from 2011 to 2016 toward the oh, tail end. And it was one of the more beautiful states that I've ever lived in and more beautiful locations. I I really enjoyed the weather. I, I really enjoyed, you know, being around the people. And I had never experienced controlled burns either. So that was pretty cool. <laughs>
1: We do those here, yeah. We do those a lot here, yeah. We have the beach fifteen minutes away, and then five hours. You have like the Blue Ridge Parkway. Like it's it's perfect. We have all the things. All the
0: things. nice, nice. Yeah, I, I lived in, in Fayetteville, so I well when I was in the army, I, mean, station at I was Fort you're Bragg. in the military,
1: right? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I
0: lived in I lived at Fort Bragg or now mm. Fort Liberty, and I
1: was gonna say, you know, they changed it recently, right?
0: Yeah, yeah I have, I have, I have a uh, a deep Same. seated. Yeah, deep-seated like like love-hate relationship for Fort Bragg. So when people say Fort Liberty, I'm like, you mean Fort Bragg?
1: You mean Fort Bragg? Yeah, we're at Lejeune, so I totally get it. <laughs> I totally get it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys are close. You guys are close to to Cherry Point, yeah.
1: Yeah, Cherry Point's like 30 minutes away. My uh, my partner is with Marsoc, so he's okay. he's on base all the time. We we could literally throw a rock and hit every base in town. It's not, they're everywhere here.
0: Speaking of, speaking of Cherry Point, uh there is a haunted house attraction down there and I have only been there once and that haunted house attraction has like sparked my love for haunted houses.
1: Are you talking about the Nightmare Factory? Yes. Yeah, it's incredible. It's it's the best. Hands down it's my favorite spot like haunted like attractions in the area. It's great. They're fantastic yeah. and they're good people too. Like oh, yeah. good people run it, so it's really nice.
0: I I think it's I think it last uh, had a lasting effect on me because of the houses, but just the first house you have to go into to get to the other ones. It, that year, I don't know if they still do it, but it was the mausoleum where you had to crawl up and get to the top and then crawl all the way back down. A lot of people are claustrophobic, right? So that automatically eliminates them and they're like, I don't want to do it. But then you add that the would factor be me. of
1: people. I, what's funny <laughs> is I love real life scary stuff. I do not do scary things like that like I don't do scary movies I don't I don't do any of that stuff like my kids and my partner love it and I'm like y'all are a bunch of weirdos like go have fun I'll hold your phone thanks I'm, I'm good I'll figure uh,
0: the, the crazy thing about the nightmare factory is is I read that Rob Zombie went there and he actually was like this is one of the best ones in the country yeah
1: yeah that was a big deal around here it blew up like everybody yeah. talked about it it's they're yeah. really really nice people that run it they're genuinely good to their community too so it's it's good. We really like Nightmare that.
0: Factory. That's that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm going to to a haunted uh, a haunted attraction this year, and I'm really excited about it. I love it. I haven't been to one in a few years. I, the last one I went to was in Alaska, and it was just like super small and it was really cold around that time of year. Uh, but now I'm excited to get into a little bit more of the fall season, the fall feel, cold apple cider, you know, pumpkin pie stuff like that. I'm really excited
1: yeah. about it. Yeah, I'm a summer person all day, but I'm I'm ready for the fall to arrive. Like I'm ready for it. I'm so ready for the fall to get here this year. For sure.
0: Right. Right. All right. So we're gonna go ahead and dive into it. Dominique, when did you discover that you had abilities uh in the psychic?
1: Um, so I guess it sounds weird, but I've always always been this way since I was a very, very little girl. Um I re- I re- I can't remember a time I didn't have my guide with me and you can read about it in our book and you'll hear about it. I always tell these stories, the same story all the time because everybody wants to know kind of how it started. But even as a very little girl, I could always see my guide and I would get really frustrated because my parents wouldn't talk to him and nobody else. I was like, how rude are you people? Cause he's (laughs) right here. And I remember as I got older, I was in third grade and I was in my teacher's classroom and I went up and told her like, you know, your mom really likes her classroom. She really likes the books you're reading and, on and on and on about this woman because it was odd for a third grade I was like, "Who's this crazy lady in her class? She's new. Let's yeah. this is exciting. We have a guest in our classroom." And my teacher called my mom that day after school, and she's like, "Does she do this all the time?" And my mom was like, "Yes, yeah, she does." She's like, "Well, my mom died a few months ago, so I don't, I don't know." And so that's how my mom kind of sat down, and she's like, "Listen, we don't talk about this at school. We live like we live in the South. That was a big no-no back." Yeah in the eighties, that was not, that was not something we talked about. And, um, I'm going to age myself a little, but we didn't talk about that stuff back then. So that's when I realized, okay, this is, things are different. And my mom was very much, a, I have a very dysfunctional type of family. Like I was raised in a very weird way, but my mom, um, would take me to see Sylvia Brown, John Edwards. She would get me books. She would take me to seminars from like, 10 and like up kind of thing. Yeah. So it's always been natural to me. I would have no clue what to do if I woke up and it was just gone one day. I would yeah. probably freak out. I don't know what I do. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I think that having a parent that is supportive of your abilities is very paramount.
1: Right? Yeah. It was incredible. Absolutely.
0: There, There's a lot of people in the country that don't, you know, that don't have that and they're outcast, and even like, even up in, into the '80s, I've read reports that if if you said that, "Hey, I, I hear things that aren't natural, or I see things that aren't natural," you're institutionalized. And Absolutely. I and I think that like now, the conversation of psychic abilities, mediumship, and everything like that is being becoming so uh, normalized that it, it's not it's not weird to say, "Hey, I I hear things that aren't here."
1: Yeah, I see, I, I, I see them. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean they're there. Yeah, I mean. I mean, even like in the even early two thousands, if you heard voices or seen things, you were considered schizophrenic. Um, a lot of the times, I mean, I am, and I absolutely attribute my. I had a mother and two grand two grandfathers that raised me, and they were all very different lifestyles. So I got different perspectives from each one of them, and I know for a fact without all three of their perspectives, I would not be doing this today. I would have just been shut down like most. We lose some incredible talented. I guess soul workers of kind of what I've always called them because we're always told, Oh, you're imagining that that's not real. You're not hearing that. And that's why, um, most children, we're all kind of born psychic. That's why most children between like seven, nine, 10, they'll stop talking about it because it's kind of society's damping it out and then they stop using it and it goes away. Or at least it kind of gets patted down and you don't know it anymore. So I was absolutely beyond measure blessed and grateful for the the way I was raised. Absolutely.
0: I'm under the understanding, and, and I don't know if you believe this or not, but I'm under the understanding that everybody is imbued. I guess imbued is the best term that I that I can use. Imbued with with abilities. And it all determines on if they are willing to accept those or if they're willing to expand on those. Uh do you kind of believe the same thing?
1: Yeah, I think we are all actually born with a very strong intuitive ability. We're all kind of born psychic. I do believe that we have to do the work once we hit a certain age. And I'm a firm believer, like you got to do your work, not just with, you know, your, your spiritual side and understanding this, but in life as a whole, we, we have to do our work. And each, each soul is brought here to learn certain lessons. And this is part of it, but I absolutely believe that's why I always tell people, if a kid doesn't trust somebody, you need to trust that kid. Cause their intuition's a lot stronger than an adult's because they have this pure, genuine unscrewed screwed with intuition so yeah, absolutely. Everybody's born with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I you know, I've I have some that I, I'm I work on and I, I try to, to hone a little bit. And some some of my abilities became more prevalent when I was in hostile environments, which is weird.
1: No, um, your intuition's stronger. It's a it's a it's a fight or flight thing, it's a survival mode.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and and one of the things that I've noticed is if you get around a lot of people that are in tune with their abilities, it, your your natural abilities get stronger. Absolutely, it's amplified some, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something that you've experienced?
1: I can definitely agree with that a thousand percent. I've like I've worked with a lot of paranormal investigators and different groups, and I can definitely tell like the real ones from like these very. Clickbaity type people, which I guess what I call them, because if they're if they're trusting their intuition and it's growing, you will see the energy in the room literally shift. Uh, it's it's wild, but I absolutely agree with that a hundred percent.
0: Absolutely. Um, so so moving on, moving forward. One question I asked the last person that I interviewed: um, When you got to to the phase where you started honing your your abilities and you started really working on have you ever had somebody that tested you be like? You're psychic tell me something I don't know
1: they're my favorite they're always my favorite hands down they're my favorite I myself am a skeptic I believe that probably 90 95% of the people in this line of work are complete frauds they are feeding off of people's grief and pain and trauma and you can read body language very well um, it's it's natural for humans to be able to normally look at someone and tell if they're close but I'm a huge skeptic. But I love, I, I love when my clients will be like, "Well, if this is really my cousin brother, whatever, then tell me this." And it always amazes me. You can go back. Like, I talk about my clients' like situations, not their personal stuff without their permission. Um, my clients have to sign off if they want me to discuss it. If not, I don't discuss it. It's very private. But some of my favorite ones, hands down, that we've made content for, because it's always those ones that are like, okay, you have to tell the story. Because they're like, holy shit, sorry. They're like, oh, my God, this is real. you got to tell it. But it's like one of my favorites as a client was like, so if this is really my nephew. Then what color was his favorite car? And I'm like, I don't know what color his favorite car was. But he's showing me like a little red ATV and like flipping it and standing up and being like, holy crap, that was really close. And his uncle was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. And on the same call with his mom. And she was like, what is he talking about? And he was like, oh, nothing, just nothing. It's fine. Because one of the last times him and his nephew were together, they rolled an ATV where they weren't supposed to be. And mom didn't know that they were on the ATV. And so, like, he emailed me later and was like, oh, my God, that's crazy. So (laughs) it's always those those signs that we're not going to get... When people come in, they're like, well, if it's my dad, they're going to say this. And I'm like, no, they're not. They're going to say something totally different that nobody else is going to know except for you and them. But it's never what they expect. But to me, I think that's way more powerful because it's just validating like, no, that's really that, that, that's really your person. I love that personally. So I love being tested. Like, do it. Come on. Bring it. <laughs>
0: I, I, I tested two of my psychic friends uh, back in December Mm-hmm. Uh, January timeframe, and I really shouldn't have. <laughs> I, they, you know, and 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 you know, this is a little short story. I was going through some things in in a relationship, and uh, I was in this place of like just mental anguish. And I I, I went to both of them, and I, I didn't necessarily explain the situation, but they were like explain the situation to me. And they're like, "Hey, man, this is happening," and I'm like, "Really." <laughs> Like And I took that stance, even though I believe in the paranormal and the supernatural, I was like, really? Are we really, you, you really think that? And they're like, yeah. And I said, well, prove it. One showed me a picture, the other one gave me a name and it blew me away and it was exactly who I thought it was. And it was, it, and it just further solidified like that people that are in tune with their abilities can actually perform these acts. And so I, like, I made a pact to myself and I made a promise to myself. I will never test the psychic medium because sometimes (laughs) they'll give you the answers that you want. And those answers you want are not the ones that are best for you.
1: (laughs) It's not the ones that you want to hear. It's the ones that you need to hear, not the ones you want to hear. That's how that works. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you, you move on. And and you start honing your, some of your abilities. When did you actually step into the role of helping people out and, and like getting out there and and doing, doing some work for other people?
1: Oh, I'm, I I was the typical like high school kid, I guess not typical, but I was like, I was doing like offering tarot readings and stuff at our local pizza shop in like high school because that's what, you know, teenagers do. Right. Yeah. Um, I started doing it more between like 18 and 20 where I would like advertise it more. Mm -hmm. Um, but again, like down here, like in the South where we were, that wasn't really something you're supposed to do. I live in a very small town. You, if you know where Camp Lejeune is, like yeah. it's tiny besides the military. Um, then I think I was approach, approached by my first like detective. I was probably 22, 23. And they were like, I know you can't give us an answer, but like, what's your insight? And all I could do was kind of tell them what I was seeing, what I was feeling. And that's, that's how detectives started contacting me. And so that was kind of fun. Um. It's just kind of always been this way. I, I didn't really start pushing really, really hard until probably my thirties where I was started traveling to like expos and traveling to my clients at that point. Cause I would get requested to come to Kentucky or Virginia and I'd be like, okay, cool, let's do it. And, um, ever since then, I think I really jumped in with both feet. I do have two children. Well, well They're not children anymore. They're adults, <laughs> but I tried to like keep it private as far as like blasting, like advertising but by the time my, da- my daughter was in high school, she was telling everybody, you know, my mom talks to dead people. You know, my mom does this. <laughs> and so I was like, well, if you're going to throw me out under the bus, then I guess this is what we're doing now. So I tried to protect them as much as I could. But by the time they were teenagers, it was over. So I was like, OK,
0: yeah.
1: everybody can know now let's just talk about it all the time. So that's what we do.
0: When when you were in school and and before you started doing all this stuff and and you were coming out and you were talking about it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Was there some backlash from people? By- oh yeah, for what
1: sure. What was that like? Sure. Um, it's I I don't know. I, I believe in having small groups of friends. I don't. I'm not like a ton of friends kind of person. But it was definitely some people are very judgmental. I mean, even to this day, people are just very judgmental, and that's okay. I have no hate towards people that are not comfortable with this. That that is their right, and I and I don't like. Shame them for them, or be like, "Well, you need to believe." That's that's not fair of me to do. If I want them to accept me, I need to accept them too. Um, but yeah, of course, we got backlash from like friends or friends' parents wouldn't want their friends hanging around me anymore, and that was okay. That's alright.
0: The that, the way you described it kind of reminds me of the scene from uh, Annabelle Comes Home. I I know you don't like horror movies, but
1: petrified uh, dolls, petrified
0: dolls. I can't imagine. I don't. I don't like dolls <laughs> either. But there's. There's a scene in the movie where, where the daughter of Ed and Lorraine Warren is in school and mm-hmm. kids are coming up to her and saying, Hey, look, sorry, we can't come to your school because we're too young to know what death is about. And, and, and the way you described it literally reminded me of that scene from that movie, because, you know, when you come out and you talk about these things, like, it starts to become this secluding action, right? You start secluding Absolutely. yourself with but the cool thing is, is you will start interacting with with people that you never knew you would interact with because of their what they believe in.
1: Absolutely, a thousand percent, and I, I absolutely love that. Now, I do love Ed Lorraine Warren. Again, if it's based on a true story, I will watch it. Like I loved the Winchester House. I loved yeah. The Conjuring. Those were based on true stories, so I was all in. But don't give me some freaky slasher movie. Um, <laughs> but. I, I really, really, really would love to get to be in the same space as the Annabelle doll. It doesn't look like the doll on the movies, but no. I think that'd be really cool. I'm I'm fascinated by those things because I absolutely believe them 100%. But it is. It was. It was isolating in some ways, but again, everything happens for a reason. And then I ended up finding people I would have never walked up to. And now they are literally some of my best friends I've had for like 30 years. So that's just yeah. what it is. And I love that.
0: Yeah, I, I do love true story stuff. I love the story about, you know, the Conjuring movies with Ed and Lorraine Warren because they were real people, real passionate mm-hmm. people about the supernatural, but also just kind-hearted people. Right. And, and you know, I, I got to interview some people that worked under them. That was really cool because they carry, they carry that same characteristic of kind-heartedness and caring for other people in their life that Ed and Lorraine did. And so it's just, it, it's awesome that the influence that, that Ed and Lorraine Warren had and, and shifting the culture and, and talking about the paranormal to now, you know, we're here and we're, we're doing it on, on the absolutely. internet and nobody's going to ask questions.
1: Right. And if they, yeah, absolutely. Ed and Lorraine did so much for the community. And, and I mean, as a whole, it's absolutely amazing. I'm, I'm fascinated. Um, I'm actually part of a lineup at the Para-Unity Expo in New Jersey, and John Zafris is going to be up there. And I'm super excited. Like, I've never got to meet John. I'm fascinated. I'm like, I want to go sit on one of his seminars. Can I please take my break while he's doing a seminar? Because I just want to go listen to him, and they would be really cool.
0: If I'm not wrong, and I I, I might be, but uh, if I'm not wrong, Tony Sparrow is going to be there too.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of really important people. Like, a lot of the big names in the paranormal are going to be there. Um, I was actually had a reading with again, I'm a super skeptic like for real. There's very few um, practitioners in my field that I trust. And I utterly adore Chip Coffee with my whole oh, yeah. soul. He's like my like dream mentor. And I got to have a chance to have a conversation with him. And that's actually the reason I'm going up there. He's, he's very good friends with the people that work there. And he ended up talking to me about talking to them. And they were like, Hey, let's have a conversation. And by the end of our conversation, they were like, yeah, be up here in November. And I'm like, awesome. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, all the guys from, um, like the old ghost hunters and ghost brothers and it used to be destination fear. I don't know what it is now. A bunch of people are going to be a
0: project fear.
1: (laughs) That's what it's called. I have never watched a single episode. I should be ashamed of myself, but, um, (laughs) I have not, I used to love ghost hunters because Steve is like the kindest human you will ever talk to in your life. So I'm super excited to go up there and meet a few of those folks. So yeah.
0: Now, now being, now being a psychic medium, do you watch some of the paranormal shows that are out?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm super behind on some, I don't, I work a lot. I work, I like, I work a lot of weird hours, but, um, I will go and like binge a bunch of them, like back to back really quickly. I'm really into dead files. The, um, yeah. Gentleman detective from dead files is going to be up there too. And I'm excited oh, nice. to see him, nice. but, it's two days of just a lot of fun. It's going to be so much fun. We'll be do readings all weekend. It'll be great. It'll
0: be so That's great. awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I I used to be really big into Ghost Adventures, and I watched every episode, right? Yeah. Like all all the way up till probably season twelve, and then like I started noticing nuances and and some of the cast members, and I'm not going to say who, you know, I don't want to put that out. But I, I, so, I started. To, right? I'm not trying to get get you in trouble. You have a career. No, I don't.
1: No. <laughs> I used to love Ghost Adventures back in the day. That was like, loved it years ago. It was
0: good. Yeah. And, and um, I, I would notice some nuances in some of the cast members. And I was like, this doesn't, seems really scripted and just over the top. Right. And and I was just like, I, I can't, I can't watch it anymore. I'll catch a, an episode or two here or there if I find a location that I, I think they're investigating. But that, that I right. really want to see. But for me, I'm just like, you know what? It's, it's not I for mean- me
1: clickbait's a thing it's a thing you know it happens um one you should definitely check out though is believe it or not jack osborne is incredible and he's very knowledgeable he's very very knowledgeable so definitely suggest that one um but it's just it's one of those things like i enjoy the paranormal as a whole i really enjoy it and there's nothing wrong with watching it and whether you believe it or not it's totally fine I, i i love watching paranormal stuff
0: yeah, I watch a lot on YouTube as well. I think there's two is two creators on YouTube, and I speak highly of them. One is uh, Paranormies, and they're out of Canada, and they just do strictly Canadian uh, Canadian investigations. And mm-hmm. then there's another group called Mind Seed TV, and that's Casey Nolan. He started off really small, and then he just created this, this empire where he goes all over the place, and his next season he's going to be doing is going to be in Japan. That's
1: and, where my daughter's at. It's haunted as – Rap in Japan. Yeah. It's
0: crazy haunted in Japan. Yeah. Uh, any, any, and I will say, out of all the paranormal videos that I've seen, you know, from Nuke Stock Five and all these other places, all these other people that put out um, content, the most terrifying paranormal, uh, paranormal evidence that I have seen has come from Japan or come from like the Middle East.
1: It's terrifying. Because, absolutely.
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, Japan has some of the scariest paranormal activity and then in the middle east you're dealing with the gin and that is just terrifying
1: it is absolutely my daughter um is in the navy and she's stationed in japan and she bless her um there's a 13 hour time difference and she'll literally call me and being like mom we're going in this hotel it's been torn down for years but i need you to come with me and i'm like Uh oh my god my child my daughter okay this is what we're doing so she'll call me and we'll walk through it i'm like bella get out just Will you please walk out of that building? Thank you very much. <laughs> right. Let's now, not do this, please.
0: Now, 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 because you are psychic and uh, and you do the work. Do your child, do your children have abilities, or have they told you?
1: Um, my son is seventeen. He has autism, and I'm I'm a firm believer that children or individuals on the spectrum, because they don't have that um, society norm washed over them, that they have yeah. very strong intuition and. Um, he's at my son is absolutely psychic a thousand percent and he doesn't communicate it the way we do. He was nonverbal for years and years. Um But yeah, he can absolutely, it blows my mind how he'll say something. and we will be like, we need to make a note of that. And we'll notice it weeks down the road. And I'm like, huh, that's interesting. So he's definitely, he definitely picked it up a lot. My daughter's very sensitive to things. She's super sensitive, but she doesn't connect to those that have crossed over. Like I do, at least not yet. I don't she may later, but she's very, very sensitive to people and places very quickly. She really is.
0: Gotcha. Well, that's that's awesome to to see, you know, um, that your kids are are picking up on some of these things that that you mm-hmm. have. Um, now moving forward, um, one of the one of the things I'm really interested in is is how you communicate with with um, the supernatural or the paranormal. Mm-hmm. When, when you get into sessions or, or you're doing work with people, is it just uh, a spirit comes in and sits next to you or stands next to you and talks to you? Or is it one of those things where you're like, Hey, I'm calling out to whoever's out there. Let's, let's figure this out.
1: Okay. So there are two t- different type. I mean, everybody gets messages differently, but there's. That's kind of broken down to an open channel and a closed channel. Someone that is a closed channel. When you come in, you're looking for one person in particular. Normally they'll ask you like a name or your relationship. They will kind of reach out and try to pull them in. I work as an open channel. Um, And again, Chip coffee worded it in a very funny way, but it's very accurate. He's like, it's walk, It's like walking into a foggy room and having a bunch of people around you. And you're trying to decipher which one you're supposed to get pulled to. But when I sit down with clients, I have my guy that um a very good friend of mine and a client has, that turned friend that was a client, she refers to him as like my spiritual bouncer. And he <laughs> kind of like is what I call my gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. And normally when I sit down for a session, I'm like pointing back, like you guys can see them. <laughs> um my client will sit down and normally somebody from the other side will be like their go-to, kind of like their host for the day. They will connect with my my guide and that's how they draw people in. So whether it's one or 10, it doesn't matter. We just kind of organically let them come in. But I do see them pretty much the same way I see you sitting in front of me. It's just a different level of filter, I guess. But I see and feel them and pretty much like I do people. So, yeah, I work as an open channel, and we kind of let whoever wants to come in come in.
0: Yeah, that's that's awesome. Do you ever come across spirits that are like more male, more malevolent, and you're like, well, I, we can't talk to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's why, um, like, again, that's why my client calls him my bouncer because if it's not safe for me, he normally doesn't let him let them get like within, I can feel them out there. I can feel them like on the edge of a room, but they're not allowed in my space. I don't play those games. Um, now of course I have been to different places and had different clients come in where they're very strong, where I have to really kind of I guess they kind of call it suit up or really like, you no, know, we got to put my defenses up cause I can feel them trying to push. But for the most part, um, I, I've kind of got a hold on it for the most part, but you can definitely feel them. You can definitely, you can definitely feel them. They're definitely there. Um, I do believe like in demons and negative energies, but I do not believe it is common as a lot of like the TV shows and stuff make out to be just cause it's negative. Does not make it demonic. There's, it just doesn't. Yes, it'll get more viewers, but it doesn't make it demonic. Yeah. So, yeah,
0: I, I don't I don't believe that everybody that thinks that they're infested with demons are actually infested with, with demons or have demonic activity. Yeah, you got a negative and oppressive feelings, but you don't have the demonic forces around you that you think it's are a, influencing you.
1: Yeah, it's very different. It's a very different feel. And I'm oh. sure whenever you speak to the individual that performs exorcisms, I'm sure they'll be able to tell you there's a very clear difference. It's, it's a totally different feel. It's absolutely different.
0: Oh, absolutely. And, and I, I just think, I think at the end of the day we need to be able to decipher and, and that's on your job is, is to be able to decipher, okay, this is a negative entity. This is a demonic. And this is like a good energy that is allowing sure. you know, that's working with us and really communicating. Um, one of the things that I, that I experienced uh, a few years ago was it felt like I was in this just dark room. And then like small little pictures were coming to me and I'd be able to piece them together, put them together and like build this, like pretty much picture of like what I'm looking cool. at. And I would explain it to people and they're like, what? Yep. And, and it, it would come, it would come from like one person. And I would, and I would say, okay, I'm seeing this, that, and a third. Put it together, boom. And eventually, like, I literally built this picture, and one of my buddies just broke down, started crying. I was like, "What happened?" And I didn't mean to like do anything, but he was like, "That was for my aunt's funeral." I was like, "Right, wow." And so, like, it, it was it for me. That's the first like solidifying bit of uh, of information I've given people. Uh, but I tried to I tried to stray away from from doing it because I don't want to scare people. <laughs> Get that <laughs> Yeah. I, I I have been told that I have some abilities and I'm working on them now, but it's definitely a a different feeling when you're surrounded by by those energies and you're kind of like working with them versus like just in your natural world where you're putting up your barriers, you're putting your armor on, you're saying, I don't want to communicate with this.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um and that's and it's kind of how we receive things sometimes is I will start off with a session with clients and a lot of the times um, I do like a scratch pad, not cause I have to, but it kind of helps sometimes keep those pieces together. Like I can scratch it over here and put it over here and put this over here. And by the, and I always tell people by the end of the session, I'm like, Oh, this is referring to this and it's connected to this. And we do, we put these pieces together and then we're like, Oh, Oh, now we get it. It all makes sense now. Like all these little symbols and tiny pieces all fit together. And that's, yeah pretty much how it works.
0: Now, now, you spoke about earlier about working with detectives and um, working on, on some cases to help find e- either missing persons or, or cases where people have been murdered. Mm-hmm. What was that like for you being in that and doing that? Was that very emotional or, or did you try to disconnect your emotional, emotions from the situation?
1: It was very emotional, Um, it's very hard. That's why I try not to do it if I don't, unless like somebody asked, I'm not gonna go out of my way because I can't, it's hard because I have a really soft spot for children and old people. I have a really soft spot for them. And so I I have issues getting too close. I try to separate it. Um, My absolute favorite, hands down, my favorite like solved case is um, a girl I met with, gosh, good Lord. This is what happens. Like when I start talking about it, I told you like it glitches, um, so how it happens. Um, but one of my favorite clients, probably five, six years ago, she came in for a session and I kept talking about her father that had been murdered. And it's a very known case. It's all over the news, but in newspapers, it was a lot. And I was going through it and I kept getting these initials and I kept seeing a toolbox in the back of his car. And she was like, it all makes sense, but the toolbox, I don't know. So later on I sat down with her again with her and her mother and went through all the things. And again, the toolbox showed up. They were like, doesn't make sense. I mean, everything else is on point, but toolbox don't make sense. Um, it probably was about a year or so later. She called me. She was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm driving to my client. She's like, I need to talk to you. You need to pull over. And I was like, this is going to be good. I'm so excited what's going on. And, um, she got her mom on the phone and she said, "We figured out the toolbox." I was like, "What are you talking about?" And her husband was murdered um, in the '80s, mm-hmm. and I don't know, like, how in depth you want me to go with this, but it's kind of all part of it. But he was bludgeoned to death with a hammer, and he was found dead inside of his car. But the serial killer that killed him—that was not his M.O. Like, he didn't beat people in the head with a hammer, um, and I guess. Her daughter, her other daughter, was listening to a podcast, and I have talked to that podcast since then, and we had a whole thing, Um, but apparently there was a two-year period where this other serial killer rode with him, um, with Lee, and they were kind of cruising along for two years, and this other man's MO was beating people to death with a hammer, and his last name was Tool, and I didn't, it it got all, that, that look on your face is the look I had on my face. And <sighs> as soon as she said it, it flooded me like a thousand pounds weight just flew over me. And her father immediately like jumped in my space and I watched the toolbox disappear. And he, to this day, has never come back to me ever, ever, ever again. I've had sessions with them many times and he has never shown back up. And I was like, holy shit, your dad just solved his own murder. And it was the craziest, coolest experience. And they talk about it. They will tell everybody the story. They have shared their, their experience in my book. They... They each wrote an excerpt about how they felt and what they went through. So it was very cool. So those things I love, but if it has to do with kids, I'm probably not going to do a very, I try to separate because it's hard with children. I have a hard time doing that, but that was yeah. hands down my favorite. For sure.
0: I can understand. I can understand that. With that is intense.
1: Who are you telling? I was like, <laughs> no way. Like, shut up. No, <laughs> that's exactly how that whole conversation went. But I will never forget the way that toolbox just, I watched disintegrate right in front of my eyes. And I was like, holy cow, that just happened. But yeah, wow. he has never come back to me since then. And I've, I've sat with them several times and he's like, no, I'm good. I'm at peace now. You figured it out. Everybody knows the reality of it now. And it was just very cool.
0: Yeah. I, one other question I have, do, and, and this is a comment. I, I don't know. This is a common theme. Like when you watch paranormal movies or, or movies like that with, with, with psychics, do, do you feel like spirits try to enter your body to relay a message? Absolutely. Or is it one of those things where you're like, I'm not letting you in my space. You can talk to me, but I'm not letting you in the space.
1: Um, some, some souls are just a lot stronger than others. Some have a lot more of a point to prove, I guess. Now, with me personally, they normally walk me through the week before their passing, the day of their actual passing, and then like a day or two after. That's normally the window they walk me through. I will... Feel it, see it, smell it. It's not because they're entering my body. That's just how they're relaying it to me. So if I have like a really sharp pain in my abdomen, or if I feel like a sudden impact to my chest, um, like the hard impact to my chest normally feels like a car accident where they died suddenly, or I will feel an explosive feeling in my head or whatever it is. Um, but it normally fades out after a couple hours and my body's aware of what's happening. It can kind of like, don't freak out. It's not happening to you. You're just processing it out. Um Like I said, I have had a few situations where the energy of the person is so strong and they try to push in. And I can normally be like, "Mm -mm, we're not doing that today. But um, sometimes it's harder than others. But for the most part, we kind of, we got to hold on it normally.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So what is in the future for Dominique?
1: Oh, gosh, I'm always doing something. I don't sit still very well. So um, we have a workbook that we have that we're, that's about to be printed. I'm super excited about um, to work on grief. We're doing the expo in New Jersey. We, I'm telling you, we're always doing something. I was supposed to be in Savannah today, but schedules clashed. I was supposed to do a big paranormal ding, thing down there. But we're always working with paranormal investigators and clients and groups. And we're always doing stuff. Always doing stuff
0: what 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 bit of advice would you give to somebody that uh, feels like they have psychic abilities or or want to work in the mediumship and they're just they're on that teetering edge but they're a little bit afraid to step out
1: um i'm a firm believer in to trust your intuition try to differentiate your ego and your intuition a lot of times um the people that aren't don't have like the best intentions they're led by ego there's a difference between like saying what you think is going to happen compared to what you feel is going to happen. So trust your instincts above all else. Um, A really cool exercise to do for people that want to really work on this is when you have like a vision or you get a feeling, write it down. This is going to sound a little elaborate, but I promise it works. Write it down, stamp it and mail it to yourself like in an envelope. So that way, when it comes back, it's postmarked with that date. You can't lie to yourself or anybody else. And then when it happens, you can pull it out and be like, okay, and then note on it, oh, this is when it happened, or this is what it correlates to. I have a stack of those from years ago that I did. Um, I really, It's really trusting your intuition. You just have to trust it. Um, be careful studying under people. Be careful doing these fly-by-night mediumship and tarot reading and scrying classes for like a weekend, and you can start charging for readings. Don't do those. Um, you just have to trust your instincts. Truly, you do.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Dominique, where can we find you? Not physical location, but social media.
1: We're good with that. Um, <laughs> it's it's just dominico.gorman.com. We're on all the social media platforms: Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, um, all the things. Um, we have virtual sessions, so if you're not local to me, I have clients all over the world, so we do virtual sessions just like this, and it does not impact like the the strength of your reading. It, doesn't matter if you're in the same space with me or not. So really we're kind of everywhere. And I always try to make sure I, I I meet my clients kind of where they are. If if they want a psychic reading, we'll just do a psychic reading. If you want just a mediumship, we'll focus on just connecting somebody over, but we kind of do an all encompassing reading too. So we have something for everybody.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. Dominique, I want to thank you for spending this time with me and hanging out with me and sharing your experience as a, as a psychic medium and as a death worker, I think what you do is underappreciated and undervalued. And I think that what you have to offer this world and what you have to, to offer everybody around you is just something that is, is so much more than than what people give a lot of psychics and a lot of mediums credit for. So thank you for everything that you do.
1: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I really, really do. And I'm, I'm super excited to hear the other episodes this month. I'm super excited to hear this. Those are going to be good.
0: Yeah, it's it's going to be awesome, and, and I'm not going to reveal who the next guest is. Uh, you guys are going to have to see, but I'll let you know it's super exciting, and it's really in-depth, and this person investigated Amityville. So until next time, I hope you guys have a good day. Stay spooky and be good. Much love.